Hello, how are you? So good to see all of you. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm just, I'm gonna take a little bit of time just to honor a couple of people in the room. I first wanna, well, in the room and not in the room. The two people I wanna honor right away are our lead pastors, Pastor Rob and Becca. They, I believe they're like in Australia right now, um, but they are the reason why, like I just love them so much. They have such a heart for uh, young communicators. They have a heart for women. They have a heart for every single person. And so I'm just super honored that they believe in people to be able to come up and just to have a chance to communicate what's on their heart. So I really love them. I want to honor my husband, Ben. You are amazing. Thanks for what you said earlier. That was really nice. Um, I just want to say, well, okay, this morning, so at the 9 a.m., Brittany Kinsey brought the word, and I heard she did amazing. She said it was so much fun, and then I was able to hear a little bit of Logan's last service, and he was bringing some fire down, so that was amazing, and then um, at the 5, when we talked about, there you are, right there, Katie's going to bring the, the fire, too, and I love the fact that my husband, I just want to honor and thank you for championing women, because... There's churches where that doesn't happen, and I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank River Valley, really, because I, I think there's like 16 women out of 30 who are preaching all across River Valley, and that's amazing. That's a testament to our leadership, um, but just what God is doing. So thank you for, just thank you for everything you're doing. Um, I also want to say that I have my baby girl up here with me, and I have to say that because I'm super pumped that one day when she's born and she's old enough, I'm going to tell her, hey, you were with mom up on stage. You were doing ministry before you were even born. So I'm super pumped about that because I'm believing I'm proclaiming over her life that, you know what, God has an amazing future for her and whatever he has planned, I want to just step into. But I believe that she is going to be a protector of people and that she's going she's gonna to usher people into the presence of God. And I'm proclaiming that over her life right now. Okay, so um, just to give you a little bit of context, this is week three of Kingdom Culture, our series, and I'm going to be talking about servanthood today. I know we all have different thoughts on servanthood, on what that word means, what we've experienced, um, but my hope is that for the next 27 minutes or a little less, if you see me doing a little jig up here, pregnant, having to go to the bathroom is like a real thing, so I might be doing that, so it might be a little bit shorter, but... <laughs> Um, I, my prayer is just that we can level the playing field when it comes to servanthood. We, none of us have arrived to this, I, this, this, um, this word of servanthood. And I for sure have not. There's so many things that I need to work on when it comes to servanthood. And so I want you to know that everything I say today, I'm saying to myself. And I don't, I don't want anyone to feel any pressure. I just want you to open up your heart and be open to what God wants to speak to you. And I know that he's going to. So I'm super pumped about that. All right. And here's one other thing I just want to be vulnerable with you about. I've been super excited to come up here and talk. And I actually can't believe that I'm up here right now. But I'll be honest, 
last night was, the last couple of days were really a struggle. And I know that when God wants to do something in you, the enemy is going to attack. And I definitely felt that. And of course, I have this feeling of I want to be a certain way. Maybe I need to be like my husband. Maybe I need to bring down fire like he does, you know. And I just realized, God just said to me this morning, you don't need to be fancy, just be obedient to me. And that's what I want to do right now. That's my prayer for the next little bit of time. That's what I'm going to do. And so just come along with the journey, come along on the journey with me as we, as we talk about servanthood. I'm going to start by reading Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you so much for this group of people. I thank you for each one of their lives. I thank you, God, that you knew them before they were even born, and you have a purpose for them, Jesus. And I know that a lot of people have heard that before, but I pray that they would just be able to understand understand that even better today, and just to have a fresh understanding of who you are, God. We're so thankful for you. I just pray right now, God, that this next amount of time that I'm up here, I would just get out of the way and let your Holy Spirit be in charge. And I just pray that I would just be obedient to what you want me to speak. And I'm so thankful for you, God. I'm so thankful for the opportunities that you give your your children just to talk about what you've done in their hearts. In your name that I pray, amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to tell you a story about a not-so-good time in my life that happened back, I think it was around March. And, well, so Ben and I found out we were pregnant in January, and it's been amazing for the most part, but if I have any people who've been, who are pregnant in the room or who have been pregnant... Uh, first trimester is really, usually really rough for most people, and it was rough for me. And I would say, okay, I can't complain totally because there are people who end up like in the hospital because they have terrible nausea and like they're vomiting and it's nasty. So that wasn't me, but I was pretty sick a lot. And so there was, I was already dealing with that. And then uh, one, one night we had our staff over and we had Chipotle. And it was so amazing when I was eating it. And I actually remember that was the first night that I felt her like moving a little bit. So it was just like such an amazing night, so fun with everyone at our house. And it was really good. And then like around 9, 30, 10, people were still hanging around and I just started to not feel so good. And you know, if you've been sick before, you just know when you're, it's just not going to be good. I just knew it. I just knew it. I was like... Lord, please don't let me get sick. But I also just knew in my heart of hearts that I was going to, and there was nothing that could be done. And so I was just really not looking forward to the rest of the night. So I just, I actually had to just tell everyone, hey, I'm not feeling good. I'm just going to go up to bed. So I went upstairs and went to bed. And I probably slept for maybe like a half hour. Everyone kind of left. They knew I wasn't feeling good. And so Ben comes up and I just told him, I was like, babe, I do not feel good. Like, I just know this is not going to end well. And it didn't. So I was sleeping for a little bit of time and I woke up and I was like, nope, I 
have to puke. So I ran and I did not make it to the bathroom. So Ben had put a trash can next to my bed. And oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for anyone who has a queasy stomach in the room because it's a really nasty story. But I threw up all my Chipotle into this trash can, this tiny little trash can. And let me tell you, it's so good when, when you're eating it. But if you are, if it's coming back up, especially that barbacoa, it was so spicy. It hurt so bad. It was terrible. Oh my goodness, it was nasty. And like, and then you know, you want to drink some water to like get just get a little bit of like the, those chunks out of your throat. But but then I threw that up too, so like I couldn't do that. And oh man, I thought you know, okay, I I got it out. It must have just been that barbacoa because sometimes it's a little like pink. And I thought that's probably what it was. So I'm like, okay, I got it out of my system. I'm good. I'm done. But. Unfortunately, I was not done. And I spent the rest of the night up until the next day, literally to the hour, every hour I woke up and just whatever was in there that shouldn't be in there was, it came out. And those other times I made it to the toilet. But the worst part of the night was when my husband, so the bucket was still there. And I just told him, honey, can you please just go throw this bucket away? But I must have, in feeling so sick, told him like that I wanted to keep the bucket. I don't know what he was thinking, but I could hear him downstairs, bring the bucket downstairs, and he's dumping it into another trash bag going, like literally dying. He was dying. I felt so bad for him, and he brought it back up, and he had wiped it down. I was like, honey, I just told you to throw it away, but uh, whatever, so I don't know if we still have that trash can. I think we burned it or something, <laughs> but I'm telling you all that. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm, I'm telling you that story because Ben was with me every single moment of that night. Every single time I got up and went to the bathroom, he was right behind me holding my hair. He was taking care of me. He was getting like a wet, uh, just a wet washcloth to put on my forehead. He threw that trash out. <laughs> and that night, he just showed me what it looks like to be servant-hearted. And it was amazing. I, honestly, if, if the roles had been reversed, I don't know if I would have gotten up with him. <laughs> I don't know if I would have thrown that trash away. But he just, I knew that it, obviously, it was not like I could do anything for him in that moment. He was serving me, and it was because he loves me, but I know that his, what he was doing for me was, it was coming out of a deeper place. And so I just, I love you, and I'm so thankful for you, and thank you for just showing me what it looks like to be servant-hearted. And I, I want to say also, my husband's not perfect when it comes to servanthood, and neither am I. And we make a lot of mistakes, and there's times where we really should have served each other, and we didn't. And so... I know that we all have moments where we probably have served and it's been amazing, but there's been times where we know we should have and we didn't. And so I don't want us to ever feel bad about it, but just to know that we can always get better when it comes to serving. And so this is what I want to say about it. In order to serve and to really serve in the right way, we need to be transformed. And that's super important. And I want to talk about three different areas that we need to be transformed in today. So the first part is that it starts with us. It starts with self. So shifting our mindset and our heart. First Samuel 16, 7 says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so I don't think 
any of us really sit around saying to ourselves, I want to be so selfish and I want everything for myself. I don't think that any of us really have that mindset, but I think that it can be easy to kind of get into that because we live in a broken world and we have flesh. And so even though we want to be servants and we want to be going after the things of God, sometimes we can fall into being selfish just because of our human nature. And also something else that I want to talk about is just ambition. So I don't think that ambition is wrong in wanting to uh, you know, do amazing things in this world. I think like God has created us and God is amazing. So, and he's given us talents and abilities. Why shouldn't we try as much as we can to use our personality, our giftings, you know, to do amazing things in the world, but it really comes back to the heart. So if you're doing those things because you want more money, you want to have a title, that's when it gets really dangerous and it might feel really good for a little while, but I'm telling you that eventually that's going to run out and it's just going to feel super empty and you're not going to know even why you started it in the first place. But when your perspective is that I want to do all of these things because I love God and I love people and I want to serve people, then it makes all the difference. And so I want to just talk about how can we shift our mindset and our heart? And um, this is something that I'm working on. So the first thing is to know this truth, that we are created by God to serve God. And God created us, he loves us, um, but we were created to serve him. And so everything that we do in our lives, it should be to bring him glory. It should be to um, just bring him joy. It talks about in that verse I mentioned earlier about like what can you do, it says in the verse, to bring him joy. Well. What we can do is whatever we're doing in our lives is for him, and that brings him so much joy. The next thing that we that is super important to shift our mindset and our heart is getting getting to humility, and this is such a hard thing. Um, and Ben says this all the time, and I love this. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. And so I love that because someone I want to just talk about for a little bit is my brother Caleb. He is the most humble person I've ever met. And I don't say that just to say it. And I think so many people in this room can attest to that. He has done so much for other people. There was one day he came and he cleaned out, well, okay, he's going to, he, he came and cleaned out our garage and like he didn't even tell us he was doing it. He just did it and it, it was rough in there. It really was because we just moved into a house and we had a bunch of boxes. He broke down all the boxes and he didn't even, he didn't want anything in return. He did it just because he loves us and that shows me such a humble heart. Um, and here's, here's a way, here's a couple things that you can do just to get a humble heart. You can serve others. When you're serving other people, you start to just have humility. It starts to become less about yourself and more about that other person. And um, Ben has talked about going on his missions trip. That's such a simple way to serve people. But anything that you're doing when you're serving other people, it really does just take the, the focus off of you. And it makes you understand that there's so much more to this world than just living for ourselves. And that's so important to know. And then I love this, the true servant doesn't care if they get the credit as long as Jesus gets the honor. And I think Caleb has done that so well. He didn't care if he got the credit or not. He didn't even tell us he was cleaning it out. Obviously we saw it, but he did it because he was serving someone greater and that was amazing to see. And then I also love this, humility gets down low. 
and lifts others up. So humility is being able to, you know, get down on one knee and talk to someone who is, you know, maybe in society is lower or someone who you know that you haven't always been able to approach or haven't wanted to and getting down on their level and saying, I care about you, I see you, God loves you. That's humility. Another thing that we can do to shift our mindset is just as we give ourselves away, knowing we'll be fulfilled and secure. And so the more we give away, the Holy Spirit has more room to enter into our lives and he has more room to speak and he has more room to give us giftings, to love on other people. And, but if we're all filled up with selfishness and all filled up with oh, you know, wanting to serve ourselves, the Holy Spirit doesn't have any, anywhere to go. And so let's empty ourselves so that the right things can come inside. And then the last thing that we can do to shift our mindset is valuing others above ourselves. So I want to share a story about a time that I really failed when it comes to servanthood. <clears throat> I am a teacher. I teach first grade. This next year I'll be teaching second. And I, the, at the end of this year, I, I was moving rooms because I'm going up to second grade. And I'm taking a long call, which means I'm just doing it for one year for a teacher who <clears throat> is going to come back after a year. And so with the baby coming in September and I just, it's summer, I wanted to just get everything done. That was just like my mindset. Like I need to get everything done. I need to get everything in the classroom and set up before, you, before I even leave so I don't need to worry about it. And so that was my mindset. It was so, it was all about me. And so I remember going into her room uh, one day, like after all the kids had left and asking about, okay, so like, what are you, what are you taking out? Like, I kind of expected she was going to take everything out and have a clean slate. And she was like, well, I'm actually not going to take much out because I'm going up to fourth grade and I'm going to come back and I don't really have anywhere else to put my stuff. And immediately I was so mad. And I was, I don't, I don't even want to like go back and have like a camera and like watch myself in that moment. Because of course, to, I'm like, I was probably fine, but I think I was not. I was probably a diva. And I just... I just was not very nice to her and it just wasn't a good situation and I left that situation and of course at first I like tell Ben and like I'm gossiping I'm like oh, she was so rude like how how dare she and it was all about me and then later as the day went on that kind of started to melt away and God started to speak to me and I just realized I was just acting out of complete selfishness. And there was no humility in me at, at all in that moment. And of course, in the flesh, it felt good to say, I really, it, it was her fault. And I'm not going to apologize. That was what the flesh wanted. And I know a lot of us can relate to having a time like that. But I knew that it was not how God wanted me to act. And it did not bring him joy. And so I ended up sending her an email because I don't have a number, just apologizing, saying how terribly sorry I am. And I haven't heard from her, but I'm believing God's going to reconcile that. Um, but I think it's super important that you put others above yourself. If I had looked at her situation and understood, she's going into a classroom with another teacher where there's already stuff there. She has nowhere to put her stuff. I don't have that much stuff, I'll be fine for a year. If I had had that perspective, our whole situation would have gone so much differently. And I don't know what her perspective of me now is, but I could have really burned a bridge in that moment. 
And so I believe that God can like forgive and reconcile and I'm, I'm proclaiming that. But I just know that in that moment I failed when it comes to being servant hearted and I really want to work on getting better at that. Okay, so that's my first point. I just, the question I'm going to ask, I have three points. The first question I'm going to ask is, are you serving out of a selfish or a humble heart? And are you serving from a place of love? So that's my, my first question as far as um, yourself. And then the second point I want to talk to is to you about is it also continues with who you're connected to. So yes, first self, but then the second is who are you surrounded by? Who are you connecting yourself to? Proverbs 13:20 says, "Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm." And where your heart falls where you spend your time, your talent, and your treasure. So my question is, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with people who want to love other people and want to serve other people? Or are you surrounded by people who want to make earthly gains? They want to make all the money that they can. They want to keep it for themselves. Um, when you're surrounding yourself with those types of people, you will become like that. You I've heard this quote, we heard it growing up in youth group and Ben talks about it too. Show me your closest five friends and I'll show you a future. It's so true. The people that you choose to walk with, you're gonna start to walk their pace. So who are you walking with? Ben talks about the yoke of, it's like the ox when they were connected. And so think about this, whoever you're connecting yourself with, if I'm connecting myself with someone who is weaker, who has different opinions on why they are doing things, I'm going to start to not go forward. I'm going to start to go in a circle. I'm not going to get anything accomplished. And so be very mindful of who you are yoking yourself to. Who are you connecting yourself to? I also love this thought. If you're connecting yourself to someone of equal, you're going to get double done. Like you're going to get more done in a shorter amount of time. Isn't that amazing? And I want to encourage you with that with the body of Christ. If we are yoking ourselves with people who are running the same race, we're going to reach more people. We're going to love more people if we're yoking ourselves to the right people. And so who are you yoking yourself to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? And I want to say I've seen Ben do this so well. He's really surrounded himself with amazing people who have encouraged him, challenged him, called him out in times where they've seen things that aren't of God. And that's super important to have those types of people in your life. And so who are you surrounding yourself with is super important. The last one I want to talk about is it's all about getting united with your Savior. So it really comes back to this. I mean, I was thinking at all of worship when we were singing, when Clint was up here. It's all about him. And everything that we do is to bring him glory. And so when we're uniting ourselves with the one person who matters, serving is going to start to become something that we love and something that we enjoy because he first served us. And it says right here, John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Uh, and there's also a verse, John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I love that because I just talked about yoking yourself with people who are running the same race, but it's super important that you're getting connected with your Savior because 
as much as we want to do, as much as we can do in our human capacity, we fall short. That's just reality. And so we need our Savior because he's perfect and he's flawless and he has so much strength and he's able to carry you so much farther than you can do on yourself. So get connected with the one who matters. That's all that matters. That's what, is, that's what this life is about, getting connected with him. And serving, we can serve, and, but eventually our, our energy is just going to run out if we're not connected to the right person. So my question for you is, does your serving come from a place of love for your Savior? Our Savior came not to be served, but to serve. He came from his high position in heaven because he saw there was a divide between us and God. He came to close that gap because he loves us. And that is servanthood right there. So now that I've talked about all those, those three steps, so thinking about self, thinking about who are you surrounded with, and thinking about getting connected to your, your Savior, I want to just give you an action step. As a teacher, I, always, I feel like I just have to have this. And so I just want to give you some practical areas that you can start to serve in. Because I know a lot of you are like, yes, I'm a, I want to serve. I really want to have that servant's heart. What can I do about it? So this is what I want to talk to you about. So three different areas. Who, who can you serve? Your family. And I would say this, if you want to see if you're a good servant, oh man, at, on Father's Day, we celebrated Ben as a father-to-be, and if you want to know how selfish you are, you can just tell someone, we can do whatever you want the entire day, and then see how well you follow through with that. <laughs> oh man, I was like, honey, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to eat, and we're so different, and he's like, yeah, I want to go out, I want to do this, and I was like, are you sure? I just realized in that moment, I'm like, oh man, I am selfish and I want to get better at that. And so there's just a little practical way that you can maybe see. And, and then also when those selfish desires come, because they will stop, just stop and pray. Just say, God, I feel it. And it's, that's awesome when the Holy Spirit speaks to you right there and is like, eh, that, that didn't really align, align with what I want you to be like. And then you say, God, I'm sorry, and just repent right there. And I believe that he's just really going to change you in that moment. And so that's what you can do. And another thing you can do is just spend time being just quiet. Spend time in the word. Spend time just meditating on the things of God, and he will reveal to you so much more in that. Be willing to apologize and make things right. That's serving too. Uh, you can serve in your community. Building in margin is super important. We use busyness as an excuse, and I've done it. And I have had people come up to me and just say, hey, I know you're super busy, but would you want to get together? And I just tell them, you know what? I'm really not. I'm not that busy. And, and I shouldn't be because we need to make time for people. And we need to make time for the opportunities that are gonna come up that we weren't expecting. So let's, let's have some margin in our lives. And I'm just gonna jump ahead because I'm running out of time, but um, also serve in your church, serve here. What an amazing place to be. River Valley is amazing. And I remember I was an intern uh, back in 2013 at the Apple Valley campus and I told my brother, I was like, hey, I just like don't know how much to do. Like I'm in school. I don't really think I should do that much. And he's like, no, just do everything you can. And so I did. That was my mindset. And Clint Reddy was actually over RVLI at the time. And I remember that 
we were, I had to, I, he asked me to transcribe some messages. So I listened to Pastor Rob's message and I wrote everything down word for word. It took like hours. And because I had to stop like every couple seconds. And like I was in my dorm room doing that and no one knew I was doing it, you know, but I just got to a place of humility. I was so honored to be able to do that. It was so fun. And I know it was used for some of his books. I'm like, I got to be a part of that. No one will ever know, but God knows. And he knows that I spent those hours in my dorm room just transcribing the messages. And so just doing simple things like that, it brings God glory. Write a check so kids can go to camp, go on a global team, serve on a, a, life, a life team, be a part of a life group. Those are all things you can do to serve. Take your spiritual gifts test so you know what your areas are that you love to do. It's so much more fun to serve when you're doing an area that you're passionate about. Um, and as I wrap up, I just want to talk about a couple of people in, in this service right now who I've noticed ha- just have such a servant's heart. Um, I first want to talk about Bjorn and Caleb Cruz. They're right here. Uh, I just want to thank both of you for your servant's heart. I don't think you even know the impact you've had on my life, but when I see you up here, you are worshiping God and your gifts are you're serving the church and is bringing him glory and is leading people into relationship with him and the way that you've treated my husband the way you've honored him has brought me so much so much joy because he needs people like that in his life so thank you um Kendra sorry Kendra does foster care it's so hard. I know it's hard, but wow. God gets all the glory for that. She doesn't do it for herself. It doesn't make sense to do foster care for yourself. It's hard. But she's brought so many people to see the glory and the beauty of Jesus because of what she's chosen to do. And I'm so honored to know you. And those those kids they are honored to know you and I believe their lives are going to be changed forever because you chose to be obedient. Um, I want to talk about the Bartell family. I don't know that they're here, but I just want to honor the Bartell family. A lot of them, they're up here singing. Rebecca is up here and Chris and they have three boys. They are here all the time, all the time. I've never once heard them complain. They love to use their gifts to glorify God. They bring their boys early in the morning and those boys are just like zoned out, just looking off, they're, they're probably still sleeping. But God has so much joy because of that. Early in the morning at 7 a.m. when they're just sitting there eating their snacks. You know, he's, there's joy that's brought to his heart. Whatever you do in your life, whatever you're, wherever you're serving, let it bring God joy. If it's bringing God joy, you're doing it right. So I just want to end with this quote, and and then I, I'm going to give an opportunity for two groups of people. Um, and so Dennis Rouse says this, Jesus had lived for all eternity in the incredible splendor of heaven. For uncounted centuries, the angels had sung his praises, and Jesus lived in perfect harmony with the Father and the Spirit. But because he loves us, he stepped out of heaven to become one of us. And even more, he made himself nothing 
by taking the very nature of a servant. The King of Glory was born in a stable. The Creator of all became vulnerable. The one who deserves all praise forfeited his security to give himself for us. He was willing to be misunderstood, mocked, despised, tortured, and killed to serve you and me. The Lion of Judah was also the Lamb of God. The King of Glory made himself nothing to become the servant of all. And so my last question for you is, who are you worshiping? Because it all comes back to that. Who are you worshiping in your life? We can't serve until we know who we worship. And when we know who we worship, serving becomes a joy and it becomes an honor. And so I just want to pray for two groups of people in here. The first group I want to pray for is I want to give people a chance. If you kind of feel tug in your heart after me speaking about wanting to jump into serving more, whatever that looks like in your community, in your workplace, if you, um, we can just close our eyes and bow our heads. If you have just this, this feeling in your mind of, I really want to get better at that. God, I want to bring you joy. I want to bring you glory. Yes, I want to use my gifts and talents, but God, I want to do it for you. And so if that's you in this room, can you just lift a hand just saying, God, I want to get better at this area. Yes, I want to grow in this area. Thank you, Lord. I just want to pray for you right now. Lord, I pray for this group of people right now. I thank you, Lord, for them. I thank you for just their hearts to want to get better in the area of serving. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just rest on them. I pray that they would be able to empty themselves of just things of this world so that your Holy Spirit can enter. I just thank you, God, for them. And then I just want to pray for a last group of people that maybe when I asked you, who are you worshiping? You can keep your eyes closed. Maybe you thought, I don't know. I don't really know who I've been worshiping, but I, I want to know. And I want to worship the King of Kings. I want to worship the, the, the God who came down to save me because he first served me and I want to serve him the rest of my life. So if that's you, um, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to just take a moment between you and God and say, yes, I want this for myself. And if that's you, can you just slip up your hand? You can put it right back down and just say, God, I want to know more of you. I want to know more of you. All right, um, I'm gonna just pray this prayer and let's just all pray together. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. Please forgive me. I want to serve you the rest of my life. Let your Holy Spirit enter. I love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can you stand to your feet and let's just clap for the people in this room who've made that decision, that they know who they're worshiping. That is Jesus. Thank you. And if you have made that decision, we've held this up before. It's a Now What book. It's a Bible and some resources. This is for you because we care about you and we want you to go deeper in your relationship with the Lord and to truly know who you're worshiping. And so you can get this from the prayer team that's coming up or at the Welcome Center. And I know also there's a code if you don't want to just come up and grab this. You can do 41411 uh, or at that number Now What. So you can do that. Hey, thank you so much for being here. If you want to come, like Ben said, come back to the five. Hear Katie bring the, the fire. But we just love you. We're so thankful that you, that you came to River Valley. And have a great week serving the Lord.